I am Tova Cito. And I am Janice Scant. And we believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And that it is our job to get us there. Every week, we will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The The Remedy. Welcome, everybody, to the very next episode of The Remedy with Tobacito and... Janice Gant and... And Kevin. Here we go again. Here we go. Who needs <laughs> no last name. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess I kind of forgot about that. <laughs> Do you say Ebling or Ebeling? Uh, I guess it could kind of go either way. I guess technically it's Ebeling, but the way How it's... How do you say it? If Ebeling. You... Say it again. Ebeling. <laughs> say, so it's, it's like either way. Yeah, it's like you can say Ebeling, but if you say it fast, it just sounds like Ebeling. It looks, it's yeah. like you're, you, somebody just put you on fast forward. That's why I'm in my... <laughs> totally done. Why do you think I always go by Kevin E in my radio days? Because nobody have any idea what the hell I'm saying. Yeah. A, a bling. <laughs> what is that called? Well, yeah, try Tobacito. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good point. My sister used to be a reporter and everybody thought her name was Anna Bling because her name is Anna Bling. Oh. Oh. You know, all of Anna Prynne and Carter's friends call me Beth because... Be the remedies. <laughs> so they're like, Beth Remedies is awesome. I'm like, that, how funny is that? So That's hilarious. I was like, well, at least they don't call me Karen. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's so right. You know, with Gant, because it's spelled G A U N T, Gaunt. Gaunt. Uh-huh. Like, we have got to change that. Oh, I've heard every iteration you could think of my name. Ebling. Eble- people like to put an R in it a lot. People say Eberling all the time. Oh, yeah, I can see that. But, I mean, people's names are... Craig has a friend who's who he went to... I, I don't know whether it was college or high school, but his last name is Maybury. And can you... I mean, it's Mayberry. <laughs> but it's not Mayberry. It's Maybury. <laughs> That should be my last and name, I'll, Mayberry. Yeah, it should be your last name. Because you know, my maiden name was Sterling, which is oh, that's a good. So, yeah, that is a good one. Then the first marriage Janice was Sterling. Haney, which was like Heiney. Heiney. Uh huh. <laughs> my choir director in high school, because Kurt and I were dating, he was like, he would always say, "Are you still dating that Heiney boy?" <laughs> <laughs> At least your three girls have great butts. <laughs> you know, if you had a big Heine and you were a Haney, that might be hard. Uh-huh. <laughs> but they all have really good Heinies. They do have good Heinies. Oh, I stare at Blair's in yoga. I'm like, that's just not fair. <laughs> you could eat lunch off her butt. I'm telling you. Friend too. <laughs> salad. Brent hard as a salad. They're all. Like not even a burger. It wouldn't even like salad. Like the dressing would yeah. stay on. Yes. It would not all, mine. It would, if I put dressing on my rear, it would immediately go to my heel. <laughs> <laughs> and I it would not even actually I think it, it would, would just be a hit straight line. It would it not would. even curve down before it went down my leg. It would miss my leg. Actually, it probably wouldn't because actually my rear and my leg are just like one one continuation <laughs> totally one continuous stripe right. you can have half of mine i've got plenty, <laughs> okay i've got plenty of hiney for both of us i would take it i really would <laughs> i mean that is so funny okay so we need to thank our sponsor for today uh brewer palmer from chicago thank you so much 
Is that a is that a woman? Uh huh. Oh, I, I love the name Brewer. I mean, for a woman. I'm assuming that. Yeah, maybe that's it's probably, a guy. Maybe it was her maiden name, and then she got. Me, I don't know. I don't know Brewer, but I sure like her name. I do too. Brewer Palmer. Yeah, it kind of sounds like a movie star. Yeah, it kind of does. Um, you know, Jan Sterling was a movie star. Well, Janice Sterling is a really good name. Do you think I should change it? <laughs> I think that would be okay with Tom. Tom, Tom would love that. <laughs> Don't I, tell him I said uh, anything about it. I'm not. He listens. <laughs> yes, he does. Speaking of Tom, I have to tell you, I was in San Francisco this last weekend, <laughs> and all the girls were looking at my pictures from my party last week, and they're like, "Who's that?" Like of all the guys, well, it was Michael Lee too, Michael uh-huh. Lee and and Tom. They're like, "Those guys, they're hot." I was like pretty hot that's janice's <laughs> husband take <Yeah>. it easy <laughs> so back thomas, off <laughs> thomas don't be going out there and acting the fool <laughs> he would he, never no he it would, would be he would never i mean he wouldn't because he's a very 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 kind man and also it would be so expensive that <laughs> if i he think went another if direction he even had a thought it would be like oh yeah no i cannot go there <laughs> would i rather would, is this worth half of my fortune no yeah never and and you know i don't care what keeps him from doing it <laughs> just don't be doing it just don't be a fool but he is he is a very handsome man oh he's very handsome and and the, and his body i mean he's got we were talking earlier he has like an eight pack well it's really pretty amazing i mean who who has an eight pack in their six what is he 60s he's 60 he's 62 he'll be that's yeah. ri- that's ridiculous yeah yeah that I know. Well, he does because he eats so well, and he is a di- he exercises every day, no matter what. Even he, when we're on vacation, walks, right? Is he a big? No, walker? he's a runner. Oh, he's a runner. Uh-huh, he runs. He plays tennis. He started playing tennis. He does um, like I don't know sixty push-ups every day, and he does like a five and a half minute wall squat. We used to, we did a competition for a while, but I had to stop. I ca- I got to like three and a half minutes. But, you know, my legs are like half the size of his. Your, your but, legs are half the size of mine. <laughs> he, he, was a, he was a trackster in high school and played football also. So he's got big thighs. You know, he's, he's got lucky great that muscles. he can still run. I know. God, I miss running. I know. I was with too. my San Francisco girls this weekend and we used to always run. I mean. Do you not oh, run because of your joints? My knees. Oh, I have yeah. A, I have a really bad knee. I need surgery. But oh. it, I. What kind of surgery whatever, do you need? I, whatever it is, it it's it's worse than ACL, and the recovery. Uh, you're on crutches for eight weeks. You can't uh, drive for three. I'm like, uh, I'm a single mom. I don't have time for crutches for eight weeks. I'll just I'll just you know limp around town uh, till they're all gone. That's that's crazy. Yeah, it's an intense. Whatever it is, it, it's an intense. Did you have a fall or something? It it it's an injury, but uh-huh. I don't know what I did. Oh, it was from an. It's an injury of sort. A lot of like professional. Ba- the orthopedic surgeon said a lot of professional basketball players, and they can't it. do it arthroscopically. No, it's mm. like a three-hour surgery. I don't even know. What oh my! It, I can't remember. That I sounds literally, worse than the joint replacement I'm going to do in October. Yeah, I should probably just wait till I need a knee replacement because yeah. I think that sounds easier. Yeah. 
but I I went to the doctor when I was getting divorced and and I think I cried when he told me I was like I'm a single mom he was like okay you don't have to I mean, mm-hmm. please go <laughs> please stop crying in my office <laughs> when everything it's felt not overwhelming good for PR when yeah. you leave yeah <laughs> <laughs> when you walk through the waiting room. Uh, now I'm just like, nah, I'll wait. But, you know. Oh, but that is, that's frustrating. I don't run, I can't run anymore either. I never loved it, but I did it some. But he told me when I had my joint replaced, he said, you can run if you want to. Wow. I know. It, I might be me, like the bionic woman. Ser- you two together, you two together are a dynamo duo. I do not have an eight pack, six pack. I don't even have probably well, a... You've got great yeah, legs got and no amazing pack. shoes. So. <laughs> no pack. <laughs> i got a no pack. I don't exercise and I'm pretty thin, but I definitely have a beer gut. Got, I'll live no, with that. you don't. Pull that shirt up and let's It's kind of true. It's like the only place I ever gain weight. I'm like, why can't I get some in like my ass or my arms? It's like only my stomach. That's the only place I'll put on any weight. You know what? Isn't it funny how your weight distributes? And then when you get older, I used to have the best arms. And now, now all of a sudden, if I gain weight, I'm gaining it and my stomach. Well, like I had the flattest stomach and the greatest arms. And now I'm like, if I gain weight, I gain it. In my arms and my stomach. I'm like, no. See, I wish I could get some of my arms. Was, I got such skinny arms. That, that was, that's like my, <laughs> that was my go-to. <laughs> I have never had a flat stomach. Actually, I had a flat stomach when I weighed 97 pounds when I was kind of flirting with an eating disorder years ago. <laughs> well, you make up, like I said earlier, you make up for it legs and shoes. So... <laughs> yeah, mean, I'm not going to be what, prancing around in a crop top. Well, mm. you know what? That ship has sailed for a lot of us. So yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, speaking of of uh, Brewer, we we are not speaking of because we weren't speaking of, but going back to Brewer Palmer, if you are a listener and you love what we're doing, um, we would love for you to consider being um, a sponsor of an upcoming episode. Every single one of them costs about $200. We make it super easy. All you have to do is go to tovacito.com, click on the remedy, click on make a contribution, or you can Venmo us at at tova-cito. Super, super duper easy. So um, keep keep us afloat. If you like what we're doing, we really, really, really appreciate all of our listeners. We love that you rate us, that you like us, that you talk about us, that you share us with your friends. Um, we... We so appreciate all of our, it. I mean, we talk about it almost every week, but it, it really is humbling that we have it is. To, so many listeners and people who just, you know, like us. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Do you want to tell our, I think you said you had a joke. Oh, I do have a joke. Yeah. Um, okay. Ready. So this man and woman were getting a divorce and they were going through all of their old stuff. And the woman opened a box that was her grandmother's. And she pulls out like an Aladdin lamp. And she goes, oh, my gosh, look at this. So she said, wouldn't it be funny if there was a genie inside? And so she rubbed the lamp, and all of a sudden this genie appears. She goes, oh, my gosh, look, look, there's a genie. <laughs> and he, she goes, do I get wishes? And he said, yes, you can have three wishes. <laughs> The, the only voices. problem for you might be is that whatever you ask for yourself, I'm going to double it 
for your soon-to-be ex-husband. Oh. And so she's like, yeah, that's what she said. Oh. (laughs) But she's thinking, okay, well, better than nothing. So she says, all right, I understand the rules. I will have, I would like to have, for my first first wish, I would like to have a mansion because I'm having to move out of my house. And he goes, okay, boom. Now you have a mansion and your husband has two mansions. She goes, well, I kind of hate that part, but that's fine. (laughs) So the second wish, I would like to have enough money to maintain my my mansion. So I would like to have, uh, oh, I don't know, you know, $10 million. And the genie goes, okay, here we go. Boom. You now have $10 million in your bank account and your soon-to-be ex-husband has an extra $20 million in his bank account. She's like, okay. Then he says, now this is your very last wish, so make sure you think about it. So she pondered it for a couple of minutes, and then she goes, okay, I've got it. And he said, all right, what's your third wish? And she she said, I want you to scare me half to death. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) I did not predict that one. I didn't either. Good. That was a good one. That's a good one, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, really, really good. Love it. Um, Okay, and I also love what we're going to talk about today. Oh, me too. So... I'm excited about this conversation because it's not something that I'm, well, I mean, I have ideas and, and thoughts about it, but you're, I feel like you're just a real expert on, I mean, you've helped me a lot with, with this topic. Yeah. So, um, so let's just get right into it. Why don't you introduce it? Okay. Well, we're going to talk about the concept of detachment and um, I'll give you a little bit of history about me. When I was uh, in the me- when I in my first marriage, there were so- some things that I wanted him to change or to do differently. And that we were married for 22 years, which we just you know kind of continued along this path for a long time. And um, and I because there were some things that he did not want to do differently. I became kind of obsessed with being in out of control at being in control Mm -hmm. because I kept trying to get him to be something that I wanted him to be or to be different in ways that I wanted him to be different. And I ask you a question about that real quick. Yeah. Did he change or had he, did you marry this person? You evolved and you wanted him to do things different than, than he, than he had always done them or or did you marry this great guy who like went through some change or met and and became something that you didn't enjoy anymore how Uh, did that evolve well I think that I think that it was more the first that when he and I met um we met at the Char King Drive-In in in Lubbock and And you were in high school right we were in high school I was a junior and he was a high uh, senior he went to a different high school than I did okay and so one of my friends introduced him uh, to me and at the drive-in and I had heard about him because he was kind of considered a thug from the from the other side of town (laughs) 
And that's you know, exactly who I'd <laughs> picture you with. Oh, a thug from the other side of the it tracks. It was like <laughs> peanut butter and jelly, honey, <laughs> because he was a far cry from First Baptist Church Sunday school people, mm-hmm. and um, and I was enamored with him, and um, he was really cute, and and he uh, his father had died when he was twelve. And, um, and so he just ran around with kids that were, uh, kind of more out there wild. He had a motorcycle and stuff like that. And, um, and, but I was no goody two shoes. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was drinking and on the down low and well, not actually on the down low. I did get busted doing that, but, uh, but you know, smoking cigs, Sally writes, smoking (laughs) cigs. And, but I was a cheerleader and I was, you know, I looked different than really what I was kind of. Mm -hmm. And so, so I was totally fascinated with him. And, um, and so when we got married, so then he went to Texas Tech, and I kind of wanted to go to OU or UT, but my parents would not, they wouldn't let me, because I think they were afraid I would get involved in the hippie movement, which could have mm. been a wise decision. <clears throat> Excuse me. But um, but he went to Texas Tech and was president of his fraternity, president of Interfraternity Council, very successful, made good grades. And my father was actually a really good influence on him. My dad hmm. really liked him. And, I mean, every we all liked him. We all fell in love with him. Mm-hmm. And he was really successful. He worked for Solomon Brothers for years and then went to work for Lehman Brothers. And so he was really successful. And there were just – but there were just some things that I think I wanted to be different. And I think that I was uh, – I try. I spent a lot of my time trying to get him to be different in ways that he just did not want to be different. And mm-hmm. so we did kind of start to grow apart. And I, I mean, I was no. I mean, I, I be, when people who get really out of control at trying to be in control are not that much fun to be around. Yeah, they're not because what I've they do, yeah, is they they bitch about stuff Mm -hmm. all the time why can't you do this and you didn't do this and didn't Mm -hmm. do this and you know Mm -hmm. he was we moved to Chicago and we lived there for for uh three years and that that business that investment banking business was you know it's a pretty intense kind of crazy business and so so it was just it just got it just we just went our separate ways Mm -hmm. but when I started realizing that I was a piece of the problem, you know, I looked at him and thought if he would just do this and he would just do this, blah, 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 everything would be better. But it wasn't just him. Mm-hmm. I had his, I mean, I was, you know, I mean, I've told my daughters, you know, I was kind of batshit crazy, you know, and uh, trying to get him to be something different. Did you realize this after you got divorced or did you realize this? I started realizing it when, at the end of our marriage, when mm. I started going to Al-Anon mm. and, um, and this concept on detachment is, um, is, is where I learned this and what, it, what it's all about is it, it doesn't mean you don't care. It doesn't mean you don't want somebody to be different to be different, but you realize that you're powerless over what people think, what they do, how they act. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're just powerless over other people. So Com- completely 
powerless. And absolutely, and, and it, whether it's our children, yeah, whether it's our partners, whether I mean, our best friends, like we are powerless. And I think something that you said that really struck me and that I think is notable is that oftentimes the more out of control we mm-hmm. feel in our personal lives, the more in control we try to become. In every area. In every area. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've, I've talked about this, but I remember going to you when I was getting divorced and I was like, Janice, I have a problem. You're like, what's your problem? And I'm like, I am a nut right now about keeping my house clean. Yeah. Like I was obsessed with the kitchen being clean and the counters being wiped down. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, I mean, I was like spinning every, all the laundry always had to be done. Everything that had to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And I'd never had that way about me before. And one day I just remember kind of losing it about the kids not wiping down the counters and they were like 10 I mean, yeah. what 10-year-old is thinking about the counters? Yeah. And they're not supposed to. They're not. So, <laughs> I shouldn't have been so obsessed. I did the same thing. Yeah, and you told me that yeah. and it made me feel normal. And so I I think that it's a really important thing to think about if you're listening to this and you're kind of in that state. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're realizing that you're becoming a little manic about cleanliness or your diet or mm-hmm. or ch- changing your children or changing your spouse uh you know we do it with a lot we do it with shopping we do it with eating we do yeah. it with our partners we do it with our children and and so if you are in that cycle i think it's important to stop and recognize that it's not about the counters and it's not about the number on the scale there is something bigger and deeper happening within you yeah it's so true that's when when I that was when I got down to like 97 pounds because I was I felt like I was out of control I would have sneezed and you would have blown away (laughs) (laughs) I had to have I still have this picture of me in this red bathing suit oh you've talked you were like I kind of liked it I I kind of liked it (laughs) dang that red suit red bathing suit (laughs) But, you know, but that's exactly right. I felt like there were so many things out of my control that I tried to control what was. And my children said, you know, Mom, we remember you even after uh, Kurt and I got a divorce and, and I built a little duplex on Granada and they were like, you would, you never sat down. I mean, I cleaned those countertops over and over and over again. I still have a little bit of a countertop thing, but, um, but I know exactly what it is, but it's just, there are, when it gets, I I love putting things on a continuum. Yeah. So it's not, but when you're in that black and white, right, wrong, good, bad thinking, Mm -hmm. when you're trying to be in control of something that you, over which you are totally powerless, we swing from zero to a hundred in some yeah. of those things. Yeah. And then, so where we want to live is in that cradle of moderation, which is, you know, 30 to 70 mm-hmm. or, you mm-hmm. know, 40 mm-hmm. to 60, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. So, um, so that's where I started learning this concept. And was Alan on? 
Yeah, mm-hmm. this uh, detachment. So, mm-hmm. so, and acceptance is first of all to recognize that there's something going on with yeah, you, right. and that you are powerless. And then the second part is to detach from sometimes those people, even some, that sometimes you leave a relationship. Yeah. But so, but the most important thing is that we detach difficultly from the emotional and from the mental. Because when we're obsessing in our brain about what somebody is doing or not doing, I think with children, this is a really big thing. Mm -hmm. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't have limits. We don't Mm -hmm. have conditions, let's say. Right. You know, if you get, you know, if you get pulled over and you've been drinking, then you lose your car. So just FYI, I want you to know that. Yep. So, but you're not like sneaking around and smelling their breath crazily and yeah, all doing of that drug stuff. tests every night following it, every minute of every day exactly yeah. reading their reading their, their text messages mm-hmm. reading their diaries sneaking through their drawers all day all night <laughs> i mean there yeah. there are there are i mean it oh, is a continuum there it really is mm-hmm. and so uh and you know what i have to say like i got i got crazy i mean when i, I was too. getting divorced and i had I had gone through a, a betrayal that I had never experienced before and I was trying to figure out what to do like it that thing took over me mm-hmm. and I got crazy I mean I got crazy about everything mm-hmm. and and that is like a miserable existence it's terrible yeah I mean it is terrible because you are attached to these people yeah and you are allowing yeah. them to like obsess or get into your body it's yeah. like you know like yeah. a spirit or something like yeah. that it and, is. and 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 what we do is we we lose sight of our ability to just do what's in front of us to be done for ourselves and then to let go of the results mm-hmm. because we become so result mm-hmm. consumed that that's what matters because we cannot allow ourselves to be separate and I think that um, you know I think that that what we have to do in order to be true to ourselves is to allow people to have their processes yeah you know we're not very good at it's hard because I mean let me tell you something I have nine fabulous grandchildren I've got three wonderful daughters and this wonderful stepson and I ha- get to practice the concept mm-hmm. of emotional detachment from all of them every day because I am powerless. The only thing I can do is love them. Yeah. I have no control over who they pick, what they do, yep. none. Yep. I can't ground them. Yep. <laughs> you know, I can't take away anything. Yeah. And so that I do that really for me primarily and the secondary is for them. Sure. Because I would make them crazy. crazy they would too. not like me. So I have a question because okay. I remember one time I was, I w- went out on a few dates with, so I was kind of dating someone and I came to see you and he, he had, he was doing a couple things that really drove me crazy. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to you, and they were unhealthy behaviors. Mm-hmm. I mean, things that about himself that, 
really in my from my perspective and my mm-hmm. mind he would be better off if of he course. if he just <laughs> manipulated these two little things about him and then he'd be perfect uh-huh. and i said to you i'm not trying to change him and but you know and you go yeah you are yeah <laughs> and i was like dang it and i was she was like but that's and, and she was like you were like but it's okay like you know it's it's okay to have that desire. It's okay to want those things. And, you know, you get to decide because you, you're not going to change him. And so the only way that's going to change is if he's motivated to change. Correct. Um, and so you just get to decide if you want to stay or you want to go. Yeah. Is this a deal breaker? Or not. Or not. Yes. And so I, I that gave, like, the permission that you gave me in that moment Mm -hmm. to have a desire for him to change. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I I think that we fool ourselves sometimes. Mm -hmm. And and I'm sure I'm not the only person that's ever sat on your couch and said, I mean, I'm not trying to change him. (laughs) And you're, yeah, you are. So it allowed me that freedom to want, I mean, there's things about my children I want I hope change one day and there's things about me that I hope change one day but and so how do you find that balance or or I mean and it is what we're talking about detachment how do you have those desires for the people that you love like Carter Carter has can can get angry he can Uh go zero to 60 Uh I hope for his sake and his relationships and his friendships and his sports that he that is something that he can work on uh-huh. but i i also ha, you know i've let that go it's not my circus not my monkey right and but how do we so and especially if you're in a romantic relationship mm-hmm. um how do you have these healthy desires you think that's a healthy desire for that person and yet create a detachment and 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 let go of the control of it I think that's really hard it's really hard and I think that I think that what we do I uh you know I've been working on this book and I talk about this quite a lot in there is that we identify what our deal breakers are and I know we've talked about it here before Mm -hmm. it might be worth mentioning briefly for the five to seven things that you know you will not live with right and so you, if this happens i'm not going I'm, to stay i that yes correct yep and so and then you share that with mm-hmm. one another mm-hmm. and then everything else in the whole wide world is negotiable yep so so that and, helps you detach and then what you can do though with those you know 15 other things that you would like to see different is you ask for it Mm. is you can say hey would you be willing to put your dishes in the dishwasher instead of leaving them in the sink you know so that you're not but then if they say "Mm, yeah no I'm not gonna put my dishes in the dishwasher every (laughs) night but I might the next morning then you either put them in the dishwasher or you breathe and shut your mouth and go to bed and (laughs) in the morning see if they put them in the dishwasher Mm -hmm. you know so that but that is but it is a process and it's a serial process I got to recognize what I'm doing is this a deal breaker Mm -hmm. okay I can ask for what I want I don't have to be a deaf mute and then I'm gonna let go of the results Mm. and so how on earth 
Do you ask for what you want and let go of the results? Because as adults, sometimes people say no. Yeah. We learn to accept the no's. And then you shut your mouth and breathe. And you go and then you focus on what you're getting. You look at the the positives. You do some thought replacement with that. And then you just breathe. Yeah. Because you have already established that the dishes are not a deal breaker. Correct. And so if Tom doesn't want to do his dishes when you want him to do his dishes, even though you have communicated that, if it's not important to him, then you just, you just... Let it go. You got to let it go. You detach and then you let it go. And that's the thing. That's the good thing about detaching from children, let's say, is we identify that we are powerless over them and then we detach and then we let go and then we let God. And And I very much appreciate that last part of it because when it comes to my children, let's say, even my adult children... And my grandchildren, I think, okay, they have a God and it is not me. Right. And I can, I can let go of that process. That process becomes easier. Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, I had the... Because it's a practice. It's and a the pra- more you it, practice it, yeah. the easier it, it That's becomes. That's right. That's right. And, you know, I, I, the other day I drove up my driveway. I don't know if I said this already, but, and I, I had this kind of realization that the only thing... I really care about for my children is that they're happy and that they're physically healthy. And and I don't even think I don't even think about them being psychologically healthy because it's kind of none of my business. Yeah. They're going to have to pick what they how yep. they're going to live their lives. Yep. But it kind of set me free. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I don't care how they seek their happiness. I really don't." If they are happy and they're physically healthy, then I'm good. And even if they choose not to be physically healthy, then I got to be good. Yeah. You know, and... How do we, Janice... Okay, so I'm just thinking, if I say... And I'm, I'm just making this up, but I'm dating Craig. Uh-huh. And I'm like... Uh, or just the, the, the example of the dishes. I mean... Yeah. Okay, so we take that example. And you say to Tom, hey... I would really appreciate it. You know, after a long day, the last thing that I want to come home to is a, is a kitchen, you know, kitchen sink full of dishes. It would mean a lot to me if you did the dishes and he didn't. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to let go and let God, Mm -hmm. how do we not take that behavior personally? How do we, how do, how does Tovacito, if, if Craig did that, it would be easy for me to think, well, he just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Well, he just doesn't love me. Or, I mean, and make it even more personal. Let's say I said to Craig, hey, I would love if you were more affectionate. Mm-hmm. It would mean a lot to me because I love you and you love me. And, you know, let's just be more affectionate. And he didn't do that. It would be easy for me to translate that into he doesn't care He's not attracted to me. He doesn't want to hold my hand. He's he doesn't care. What I want is not important in mm-hmm. this relationship. It would be so easy for me to run down that rabbit trail of of taking it all so personal. So how do how do you not take 
it personal when you have told the somebody you love what you want and they don't do it well you put yourself in a jelly jar and you put them in a jelly jar and you think okay there they are being them and you will and you be aware of the story that you're making up in your head now you, what you could say is so craig because I because I let you know how important being more affectionate is, which let's take that example. That's mm-hmm. too big. That mm-hmm. I mean, he's probably thinking he's going to have to like be, you know, <laughs> slopping all over you all day long. That's <laughs> a, that's a really so good point. So you want to make sure that you're very definite about what that yep. would look like. But yep. let's say that he is. He wasn't raised with a lot of affection, or I, I don't know anything about it. But, but well, I'm just making that up. Yeah, as but an that's example. A, but it's a perfect example because he—that's just not how he rolls. Mm-hmm. If that's a person who is not particularly affectionate, they probably grew up in a family system that wasn't particularly affectionate, and that's how he rolls. So he might be able to get to thirty. Whereas you really might be wanting fifty, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, so on the continuum. So mm-hmm. then, you, then you can own your story. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm making up in my head. But then you look at them and you think, is this a deal breaker? No. And then you get over it. Mm-hmm. You get over your story. You get over yourself. Mm-hmm. And then one of the things that I have that is I've, so. I mean, that right there, as an example, of, is like that's a relationship changer. A total relationship changer for between all relationships, your children, like your. I mean, this this idea of detachment is is a profound life changing concept. It truly is. And another way I like to think about it is: is it in my hula hoop? Yeah. And you know, and if it's not in my hula hoop, I I need to let it go. That is my issue, mm-hmm. you know. And then one of the things that I also like to do is I can look at Tom or my children or anybody else and think, well, there they are being them. <laughs> and here I am being me. Mm-hmm. And I can be different and they can be different Mm -hmm. you know and this is you know so we we get to practice this over and over again it with people we like people we don't like Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) what they're doing what they're telling themselves about what they're doing and you know we just let go of our tight hold on people because when we're holding on to them and trying to get them to be different you know it's they're calf roped oh yeah and that doesn't feel good what because the message they're hearing is you're not good enough you're inadequate yes you're you're exactly right and that's not a fun message to hear no and putting you know saying i want i think i feel you you're owning it yourself and then you can make a request and then then if you don't get it you you know or if they are frustrated with you because you're not giving them what they ask for, as Pia Melody taught me, she said, you just step step over their body and go on with your life. <laughs> I loved that. I mean, that's hilarious. Isn't it? <laughs> she, and and oh, that's, almost, freedom. that's almost how cold mm-hmm. you want to be about some of these things. Mm-hmm. You know, like dishes in the dishwasher mm-hmm. or now if if some let's say let's say I want more affection from Tom and I and I say this is what this is how that would look like 
to me if I got more affection from you, mm-hmm. then, you know, I might list five things and he might be able to say, well, I can't do that, but I could do a couple of those. So then you can negotiate some sort Good. of result mm-hmm. in that detachment place. But if you're so if you're so totally obsessed with getting them to do something, guess what? They won't like you. Yeah. Children, I, partners. Yeah. You know, it's just, it just, it doesn't work because we're trying to control people and oh, none yeah. of us want to be controlled. No. I mean, we all know that parent who wants their son to be the stud football, yes. but their daughter to be the most popular at any cost. And, and I mean, my parents, they just wanted me to be religious. You know, they want, yeah. they wanted me to be a certain yeah. way too. And, oh my gosh. I mean, I was with my siblings a couple of weeks ago and we talked about, you know, when, when all four of us were home, my older sister was the favorite. And she, so my younger sister and I were constantly compared to her. She left. My younger sister, then I was the favorite. And my younger sister was constantly compared to... And, and then I left, <clears throat> and I, I was still the favorite after I left. My parents would constantly say, why can't you be more like Tova? Why can't... I mean, that's a very damaging, damaging, horrible thing to Terrible. say to a child. I mean, and it... I mean, it, it was horrible, horrible to my younger sister. And, you know, and then my brother was the favorite at some point. And we... And, and it was all religious-based. So if we were if we were abiding by all the Mormon rules and we were good Mormon kids, then we were in the favor. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if we weren't, we weren't. And, um, and I, I mean, that created in me so much shame. I mean, oh, my gosh. When I left the Mormon church and my brother came to visit me, he asked me questions and he was a senior in high school. He asked me questions about leaving the church. and What was that like? And, and I just told him to try. I, mean, I was living in park city. My parents weren't paying for anything. I was on my own. I, you know, and I, I had left the church and he went back home and my dad called me and he said, if you want to ruin your life and be a nobody and a nothing, that's your problem. But don't, don't you dare t- try to corrupt my son. And I mean, that's just the environment that I grew up in. And that's detachment with a hatchet. Oh, yes. The thing we want to do is to be able to practice detachment with love. Yes. You know, because there are no mistakes on this earth. I mean, God doesn't Mm -hmm. screw up. No. You know, and and that, and, and that is, that is so damaging for for kids to think that they're going to be axed from the family. Yeah. But there are a lot I know of families who axe their children because they are not becoming who they want them to be instead of who God created them to be. Well, and they're doing that for the most part for a reflection on themselves. A thousand percent. And that's where that what you think of me is none of my business is what part of what we have to do when we're really learning to detach Mm -hmm. from, let's say, children 
or parents or you know it it we are not center of the universe mm-hmm. people do what they do because of where they are yeah and, absolutely and we just detach from that process too and yeah. realizing that they have a god it is not me yeah. and that everything is unfolding exactly the way it's supposed to be and right. then more will be revealed right you know and that that mm-hmm. that sets us free free mm-hmm. it's like martin luther king free at last free mm-hmm. at last thank god almighty i'm free at last because yeah. i am because i am powerless yeah over the people that i love the very most yeah and that's a really that's a really 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 important thing to figure out i know i mean that is a lot it, it is this whole concept is just a really life changing um concept it, it it can it can change your life and it can and it can enhance your relationships yeah i mean one of the best things that craig ever said to me was hey t i'm just me mm-hmm. like take it or leave it yeah mm-hmm. i'm just me and i was like damn like what a simple thing you know because and i i i have a i can really make my children and craig feel inadequate mm-hmm. by the things that mm-hmm. i want from them and for them and I probably use, I probably manipulate yes. f- for them. <laughs> yeah. Instead of for me. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. I mean, if I'm being really honest, uh-huh. you know, I mean, of course we want really great things for our children, but that it's their path. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one, I was sitting at dinner last night. Uh, Craig's family came over and my kids. Oh, yeah. Was my that kids, fun? Oh, it was so fun. Good. And my kids were there and they were just so, so cute. I mean, I, I, and there was just a lot of love and a lot of laughter. And, and I really did look at my children and, and I thought to myself, you know, I think I'm sure I've told this story, but the year before freshman year, the, the twins were going to be freshmen. Um, I sat down with them. It was the night before school was about to start. And I said, okay, you know, you guys are about to start high school. This is a really important four years. It's kind of like watching um, the World Series. You know, every pitch uh-huh. matters. Uh-huh. And uh, so, you know, we. what can I do? What can I do as your mom to support you and love you and be there for you? Like, I want to be a great mom. We only have, you know, four years left and da, da, da. And Carter was like, oh, I know what you could do. And I was like, okay, I'm ready. What? And he goes, back off. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what? And he was like, ma, like, it is our path. And it's, this is our journey. Mm -hmm. And like, we don't need you to helicopter anymore like so good we i want to make good grades and i'm not doing it for you or because my phone might get taken away or like i want to get into a good college like and if he didn't oh well well, not my problem that's right not my problem and you know if if i've i've told them i you know i hope that you're sexually responsible but if you get a girl pregnant Mm mm-hmm 
that I'm going to love you. It's your baby. Uh-huh. Sunday dinner. Yep. Sunday dinner. And and if I'm not going out with Craig, I might babysit on a Friday night, but I'll probably be out with Craig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it I I just loved that he said that to me and I it's the last thing I thought that he would say to me. But the freedom that that created it, it mm-hmm. was a detachment with love. Mm-hmm. And it opened up and blossomed our relationship because I just, in that moment, that something happened to me and I just, I just let go. Well, and you know, that is, that also gives them the freedom to be who they're, who they want to be and they're gonna slip up and they're gonna make some mistakes and they're gonna just do some things just like all (laughs) of us but them being able to accept their choices and the and the consequences that happen as a result of that yeah is beneficial totally it's all yours the freedom's yours yeah and the consequences yours. that's right and when we allow that to that detachment with love to happen it opens up energy. Mm-hmm. It opens up space. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about all the energy that all that angst of trying to control your children or your relationship or your boss, like that takes up so much energy. And if if that energy goes away, think about what that opens up for your life, your soul, your spirit. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, it's, you know, Tom uh, is with this job that he's doing right now. I mean, he's working all the time and does really doesn't have the time to travel like I kind of am ready to do. Mm-hmm. And it, it's so great because I don't, I'm not trying to make him do any of that. Mm-hmm. And I can do that on my own or I can take the girls or I can go on a girl's trip or, or whatever that is. And But there's not, there's not, I'm not mad about it. I'm not trying to convince him that he has to do it. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. just, those sort of experiences help each of us to be, it's like two trees growing alongside one another. And our root system is independent of one another. And so so is our tree. Mm -hmm. But we can share the sun we can, you know, our leaves might touch. Our leaves might touch. <laughs> yes, but nobody is dependent on what the other person. So we're not leaning on. You know, if a tree leans too closely to another one, the roots will will. You know, the tree could fall, mm-hmm. and so that's how I like to look at it too with our it's kids. Really good. You know, we don't want to rob them of the dignity of their choices and their experiences. Yeah, and their path, and their path, and their God. And you know what I have to say, because when my parents were so controlling and when I was trying to please them because I was scared to not please them, um, I was not happy. No. I was miserable. You didn't have the opportunity to decide for yourself. What do you think? What do you feel? What do you believe? I had no clue. I didn't either, Tova. And and that, that... you know what that caused? Anxiety, of depression, yes, uh, uh, sadness, and and this uh, this not knowing of who I was, and and I think that's why I love San Francisco so much. I mean, when I moved out there and just kind mm-hmm. of just got out from all of it, I and I I 
allowed myself to feel and experience and discover what I liked, who I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, that, that was just, I found myself. Mm-hmm. I figured I liked Tova. I, I became Tova. Who, how old were you? When I moved to San Francisco? Uh-huh. 26. Yeah. Unbelievable. I didn't do that till I was 42. And think about all those years. I know. And then you take it out on on other people around you. I oh mean, my when gosh! You're, when you're being controlled by the system, then you're trying to control the system. Oh, it's I had just, to make. A, I mean, I didn't have to. I made amends to my ex husband. Yeah. You know, I was like, look, I, I, that was not okay. Yeah. You know, I yeah. I spent a lot of time trying to get him to do something and some things that he didn't, he wasn't interested in, you know. But, you know, one of the things, so there's a book called The Language of Letting Go by mm-hmm. Melody Beatty. Do you do you read Every that? Every day. Me too. I've been reading it since the I bought that book, my first copy in 1982. I love it. <laughs> I'm I a slow learner. You, you told me about it, and, and I end up giving it away half the time to yeah. people on my couch. I'm like, I have a book for you. I really <laughs> strongly suggest if you struggle with this or you, it's hard for you to wrap your brain around this concept, uh, I... I I want you to get that book because it's a, deba- you, it's a daily devotional. It is. It and takes it, one it, minute. It does. And you can put it on your computer. I've got it on my phone. I've got it on my iPad. I've got a copy of the book. And there's in the back, there's a, there's a table of contents and you can look up detachment and detachment with love. And there'll be many readings in there on it. And I, it, it, it is amazing and it will help a lot and it's a sort of thing that you just remind yourself of over and over again it's yeah. practice it's like brushing your teeth totally and you know what i think everybody at some point struggles with this oh yeah you know, yes. the, the language of letting go it's not you know it's it when you read it it sounds like it sounds like somebody who's gone to rehab or has mm-hmm. gone through the 12-step program or who First of all, I think we all need that anyway. Yes, <laughs> you <know>? we do. <laughs> <laughs> but I I just think that this this is a human thing. This mm-hmm. isn't a mom thing. Mm-hmm. This isn't a relationship thing. This is not a mm-hmm. th- this is a person thing. I think every single person has a very goes through some point where they need to learn this concept. And that I love the fact that you said learn. Because it doesn't come naturally to most of us because, I mean, if you were raised in a family system to where they really talked about that and all of that, then it would be a lot easier. But because we love and we love really deeply and we love hard, we just want everything to be okay with those people that we love. And so we, for some odd reason, think if they'll just do it my way, it'll make it easier. But you, you just let go of that and then you know, they're free and so are you. So yeah, yeah, I think it's a really important concept. I practice it every single solitary day. Absolutely. We, there are opportunities to practice this 
Yeah. Every single day. Every, and, with every single relationship. And in different ways. Like I, whenever I get on an airplane, I'll touch the airplane as I'm entering the door. And in my mind, I pray this airplane surrounded by the white light of Christ through which nothing negative can penetrate. And, you know, I bless that airplane. <laughs> Funny, at least I would touch the plane too. You do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's yeah. like important. Yeah. I don't freak out if I forget. Yeah. Wow. And then it's Never just, I'm, I'm, I, that's I'm practicing detachment mm. from what happens once I get inside there because mm. I am powerless. Yeah. They're not going to pull me up in the cockpit and ask me <laughs> how to land that sucker. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's why flying is so difficult for so many people. It is. I hate it. Yeah. I don't, so I don't mind it because it. I, I just am not afraid of death. So I'm afraid of going the plane going down of yeah. what that experience would feel like. Yeah. But, but the I'm crash not isn't. Yeah. yeah. That's it why is. I always have a couple of drinks. Not only does it relax me, but I'm like, if I'm dying, I'm not dying sober. No way. <laughs> <laughs> if I die, I'm not dying sober. So Although it would probably sober you up pretty quick if the plane's going <laughs> yeah. down. Yeah. So if you if you hit turbulence, do you do you start do you have another one? Yeah, yeah. Like order another round. <laughs> I, ha- I when I was coming back from San Francisco, I was thinking about all the people who need alcohol to or want alcohol to fly and and how this whole thing with covid has just i mean if you're on a six-hour flight coast to coast and you're not getting a drink that could be tough are they still not serving no they did on my flight to florida they did Mm -hmm. i was on southwest no alcohol oh we just points those we're in first maybe that's why oh yeah and you can't you can't tote it no, <laughs> You'll get I usually sneak my booze on anyway. Yeah, I, I bring the little bottles. Look at you! You can buy like a, a little box full of them at do the liquor <laughs> store. And so I do just order put- like a Bloody Mary mix and make my own. <laughs> Smart, because it's too you. it's too expensive to order drinks on a plane anyway. <laughs> Love that little tip. Yeah, it's a good little yeah. hack. I'm going to quote you this week. If I die, I'm not dying sober. <laughs> That's <laughs> Me <gonna> be, <laughs> too. That's going to be one of our quotes. Elise likes to take, has to take Xanax to fly, but I uh, hate Xanax. So. A lot of people do. A lot of people do. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. I had a girl last week who was flying and she was just a wreck about it. I said, do you take Xanax? Like, do you have Xanax? Like, I mean, I'm not a huge... I mean, if you need pills, whatever. Yeah, like, for sure. But yeah. like, do if flying freaks you out, then mm-hmm. have a couple glasses of wine and absolutely, like, do whatever you need, do what to, you need do. to do. Yeah, yeah. It shouldn't Get be a horrible it. experience. No, <laughs> no. Like, it doesn't make you stronger if you go through the process without true. With, yeah. Because without a glass of wine. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> You're not any better. No. <laughs> Janice, oh, I love... Oh, but security will let you through with those little bottles, by the way. They will, but mm-hmm. just like one or two oh, of them? Yeah. No, they don't care. Oh, yeah, Sometimes because Sometimes they take them out and make ounces. you put them in little plastic bags, but yeah, because oh, it's under... Oh, yeah. But most of the time, they don't do anything. This I goes have right never there. thought of the... Because you can get a drink and now at the airport, and you can get a drink to go, and you can sip on it at the gate, but the second you get on the plane, all the alcohol has to go. Yeah. Unless oh. you sneak it in your backpack. Yeah. Like you just... Exactly. I never thought about that. Why? I need you. I need these rebellious The flight attendants probably hate me when they're cleaning up after the plane. They're reaching like the pocket thing behind the seat. They find like six little bottles. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, this asshole is Nah, you're too cute to hate. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm sure. Well, this was awesome. It was good. Man, yeah, I'm really glad I we talked about it. This. Me too. And I, I, I would love to end by just reminding people to detach 
with love. Yes. I think that's a really, I love, I love that you added that because I think detachment's really healthy, but I think doing it with love Mm -hmm. is tenderly and gently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love it. So thank you. This is unbelievable. Great. Yes. Great. We hope y'all have an amazing week. Kevin, thank you. Thank you guys. Yeah, everybody have a safe uh, July 4th. Oh, yeah, 4th. 4th of July. Watch out for those firecrackers. If you're traveling, <laughs> smuggle a few drinks on board. Yeah. <laughs> there got, you know how many Instagram hits I'm going to get? Thanks for the tip, Kev. That's great. See why we keep you around. <laughs> Pretty handy. <laughs> Y'all have an amazing week. Bye.